Hello everybody out there and welcome to another episode of that Talk That Talk show with me, Barry Holmes. Oh man, it feels so good to be here on a Friday night. I got my boy Reese here on the Facebook live stream. We got my boy Zeeshawn, Al, uh, my boy Brian Spawn, man. Woo! We got a, a really great show lined up for you today. Um, I'm just really happy to be here, man. I feel like a lot of times in the past couple weeks, you know, it's been a little bit challenging for myself, but, you know, I feel like I just accomplished so much this week and so much positive things to where, you know, at the end of the week, like, I feel very fulfilled. For the first time, I feel like in a long time, man. And I guess maybe that's what a, a new release will do to you. I had a conversation with my boy Carl um, before actually in the process of going to pick up the OG6s. But, um, you know, at first, you know, one of the things that we had talked about was that he said that, um, you know, at first, you know, he was almost in awe or, you know, even with myself, I was almost in awe at just the fact that, hey, you know, I got these shirts or, hey, I got this merchandise and I really did it. And then, you know, as we were talking, Carl pretty much said that, you know, now, you know, that we're on o the OG6 and the 6 release, it's almost like it's normal now. And, you know, I can only attribute that to the consistency and the, the effort that I've had from the resources that's been given to me. And I feel like a lot of times, like I said before, you know, people talk about and people preach about things that they want to do. And, you know, I just pride myself on being someone that likes to put my ideas, put my efforts, put my, you know, thoughts, ideas, and put them into fruition and put them into motion, man. And I can stand before you all today and say that the OG6 has finally released, man. The first ever hoodie to be dropped by the Talk That Talk show is right here. You're looking at it right now, the OG6. And, you know, the support that I've been able to get on this project, you know, is absolutely incredible. You know, um, I've talked so many times before about other releases, how, you know, we were able to sell so many shirts and in such a you know short span of time. But, you know, I was, you know, I felt like I had to step on a limb a little bit more with these hoodies because obviously when you, you know, try to go up in higher quality and give different things, you know, money, you know, money is involved and things, you know, cost money. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, there was about 15 to 16 people that pre-ordered their hoodies and, you know, put put me speechless, man, to say that, you know, in a span of two hours, we sold over $700 worth of hoodies, you know, that that's, that's, it just really makes me feel so good inside it. And it really, you know, validates all the things and all the concerns, you know, that I may have had that, that they were worth it, man. And to, to say that, you know, 15 to 16 people believed in me, believed in this show, believed in the vision and want to rock this OG six, man. Um, you know, it just means the world to me, man. And, and I thank each and every person who it was to pre-order, whether you were Alvin, uh, whether you were my boy, Carl, whether you were Jose, you know, whether, you know, anybody else, my, my boy, Carlos, you know, I, I, I just want to thank every single person that, that really, uh, supported here on this OG six. We still have, you know, some extra larges left. We still have, you know, some mediums left, but you know, as far as 2XL, large, small, we are sold out. And I'm just so happy to, to say that, man. And it, it, it's, it really, really has come full circle here. And I'm just happy to be a part of the person that's leading the train here, man. So thank you so much to everybody that supported. Um, before we get into the show, I want to give a special shout out to our sponsors. Shout out to Ink Parlor, who helped me make these incredibly dope OG6s. Oh, man, I love my boy uh, Timmy Hugel over there. He worked feverishly, even lost power, and still was able to get it, man. So, you know, thank you so much, bro. Um, also got to give a big shout out to VW Liquors, located in Wick Plaza, Edison, New Jersey. I got a brand new beer um, that we're going to test today, and I think you guys are going to love it. Also want to give a big shout out to 13 and a half clothing brand. Uh, my boy Angelo's doing big, big things over there. And, you know, he had a couple of his new releases and the website's coming soon. So please check him out over at 13 and a half clothing. Um, he got he, he got mad at me. He was like, yo, it's not the brand. It's clothing company. So 13 and a half company, man. Um, also want to give a big shout out 
uh, to my boy Savion Gaynor over at Skydive Socks. He's making incredibly dope stuff too, just like me. So you want to go check him out, see if you can get yourself some fresh socks. Then also we want to give a big shout out to my people over at 91s.com. Cody Bromley's got the best acid wash apparel in the game. Then we want to give a shout out to our people over at Air We Are. If you're somebody that's struggling with your air conditioning needs over in the Middlesex County or even in New Jersey, uh, please hit them up at Air We Are. Uh, they got some good deals, and they'll be able to get you back and running pretty soon. And then also finally want to give a shout out to uh, Maria and also my boy Joe Snow over, you know, they're really trying to build people to um, get their financial freedom and to have, you know, these financial advisors on board as, as um, you know, as sponsors, it, it really is puts me in a position to elevate my fan base out there. And for anybody out there that's trying to gain your financial freedom, please hit them up. And I'm sure they'll be able to put you on the right path to get where you're looking to go. Um, and like I said, you know, to have seven sponsors here, you know, we've come a long way. So, you know, thank you all for being a part of this journey. And I can't wait to get started with this show. Um, first things first, up on the on the books, we got the Los Angeles Dodgers who won the World Series. You know, I'm a big Mets fan, but I got to tell you, man, um, it was just really good to see that the uh, Dodgers won because I'm a big fan of Mookie Betts. I love Mookie Betts. And then also with Clayton Kershaw, how, you know, a lot of people deemed as one of the best regular season pitchers, right? And to be able to see that you know he had success and was able to go forward and, and achieve the the ultimate you know uh, championship and World Series. You know it, it's really a good story to one of the great good guys in the MLB. Man, uh, Clayton Kershaw's worked very hard, and even with that that uh, Dodger team who lost to eventual eventual World Champions for what four straight years, and you know it, it's tough, especially when you're continuously trying to get to that top platform and you're continuously knocked down, most people would quit. Most people would trade teams. And, you know, everybody within the Dodgers still believed in themselves. And I feel like everybody else out there can take a little bit of page out of the Dodgers book and say, hey, you know, if um, no matter how many times we're going to get knocked down, um, it, this happens all the time with Warzone when we're playing where, you know, we just want to get one more game. Let's just play one more. You know, we're going to get that dub. And I think that's kind of like what's the the Dodgers embody with this MLB season where, you know, they had everything, you know, all the offense, you know, they finally had their pitching step up and, you know, they came back down from against the Braves. So it was definitely good to see the Dodgers win. Um, I know the one thing that's kind of going to take away from, you know, the, the highlight of the World Series, and that was with Justin Turner. Everybody's been hearing about how, you know, Justin Turner got pulled midway through the World Series game and, you know, had tested positive for COVID and then was seen later celebrating on the field with his teammates without a mask, kissing his girlfriend. I mean, it's tough, man, because, you know, it's hard to tell someone, you know, how it is that they're supposed to celebrate or what exactly, you know, is the way that you're supposed to do it in that time frame. Because I'm sure Justin Turner was just, you know, as, as sad as it may sound that he had COVID, I'm sure he wanted to be out there and be a part of history. And, you know, the reports are saying that, you know, people did reach out to him and say, hey, you cannot be celebrating. And he like, you know, was adamant and gave attitude as to why he should be out there. And, you know, it's tough, man. It's definitely tough because I feel for Justin Turner. I feel for him who probably can't go to the parade or, you know, probably shouldn't have been out there. But the fact of the matter is, you know, he's still a champion. Um, I wish him the best recovery. And, you know, the main thing about this is that for a long time, we were worried and we were upset about the fact that we might not get an MLB season. And I feel like this one lived up to the hype. I mean, when your MLB, you know, NLCS game, not even a World Series game, is getting more views than an NBA Finals game um, in, a, in, a, in a time where we feel like baseball hasn't been progressive or we're losing those traditionalist fans. You know, I think this was a big World Series for baseball, and I'm glad to see that, you know, they're back on top in those ratings. You know, definitely want to give a big shout-out to my boy Angel, who's a big-time 2K player on our Instagram live stream. Shout out to my brother, Silvino, Ishabod Crane. Uh, we got Ethan Bayer, Jennifer Carlson, Travis Urban, Zach Stockman on our Facebook live stream. Peter Dunn, who just signed into our Instagram live stream. 
So um, we got a lot of people here tuned in. And we actually had Angel who, who actually commented in, and he said, let's go Mets. And I think that that's a perfect segue because you know I'm a big, big-time Mets fan. You're going to see some of the fittings that I copped a little bit later in the show. But I actually had a big-time question come from my boy Brian Spawn, who I went to high school with, and I've really enjoyed, you know, reconnecting with him. He's somebody that, you know, reached out to me on Facebook and, you know, really said about how much he's enjoyed the show, you know, how much his wife, you know, wants to get some shirts as well, too. And, you know, it's that type of support from people that you least expect. I saw something on Facebook, and it said, uh, or I think it was some meme or something, it said, the people that aren't, you know, liking your posts, the people that aren't, you know, necessarily always um, interacting with you are the ones that are paying the most attention. And I've really gone to see that over these past couple weeks where, you know, I've had different people reach out to me that, you know, I hadn't really talked to in a long time. And reconnecting with Brian has been something that I've really enjoyed, man, whether we're talking about fitteds or the Mets, which he had a question on right now. And he pretty much asked me, he said, what do I feel like with the Mets not trying to re-sign Todd Frazier and Wilson Ramos? And what I'll say with this is that Todd Frazier, when he was signed, you know, midway through this season, um, I think that it was very difficult for the Mets, and, you know, when they were struggling and they really wanted some offensive power. And, you know, they, they signed Todd Frazier, but I just don't think that they really had Todd Frazier in their future minds. And he really was like a stopgap or a veteran Band-Aid, per se. And then you have Wilson Ramos, who a lot of us were really happy about after that first year where he was hitting, you know, really clutch and he was doing really well. But, you know, as we saw in the second half uh, or the second year, as Jeffrey said as well, that, you know, he just didn't really live up to the hype. And I feel like with the Mets also changing ownership from the Wilpons now to Steve Cohen, you know, I just really think that the Mets are going to start to really look to their future and really try to build this franchise to get to where they need to be. And I just feel like, you know, with Todd Frazier and, you know, Wilson Ramos both being older players, I just don't see them really working into the Mets' future plans and even in a veteran leadership type of way. You know, I just feel like the Mets have a lot bigger, bigger things in mind. And Angel said, we spending money, money. That's right. So, you know, to spend that money, we can't waste that money, you know. And I think that, you know, Todd Frazier and Wilson Ramos, whether they're, you know, beloved Mets for the time that they did put in, but, you know, it's okay to relieve them of their services, all right? We got some other things on, on hand. And then, after that, I don't know how many of you guys got a chance, but did y'all see that Khabib fight last weekend? Oh, man! How can you not say this guy is one of the best fighters of all time, man? Let me tell you, yo. Um, let's put it this way. I think that a lot of times um, the greatness of Khabib can be overshadowed a little bit just because of the fact that he's absolutely finishing whoever's within his competition and within his range. Um, I think we heard uh, reports saying that even Khabib didn't want to hurt Justin Gaethje in front of his, you know, his family or his parents, so he tried to go for a triangle choke, and that was his dad's favorite choke. I mean, how many people can really go into the ring and just pick off the whim how they're going to finish a guy, right? And I think that Khabib, you know, he was recently named the top pound-for-pound pound fighter. Shout out to my Uncle Mickey on the Facebook live stream. But we have people like Angel here that says, is John Jones better? And that has been the common, you know, uh, argument, per se, that we've seen here with people that are going up and, and trying to dispute the fact that Khabib is the best pound-for-pound pound fighter. And when you look at the numbers, right, I mean, Khabib's had, what, four to five title defenses to John Jones's 15 or so title defenses. It's, it's not hard to go with John Jones, who's somebody who's also faced a, a wide variety of opponents, and also he's faced some really good, you know, people. I mean, to, to think that he took out, you know, Daniel Cormier and, and a lot of these other uh, people that stood between his path, I mean, it's hard not to agree that, that John Jones is the pound-for-pound pound fighter. But what people are trying to say in which they're going with Khabib is that, you know, Khabib is, is such a, a clean, you know, uh, record. He hasn't been doping. He hasn't been blowing coke up the nose. You know, he's he's been a stand-up guy for the most part. And I feel like for a lot of people, they will give Khabib that edge as far as that pound-for-pound pound fighter because he has that clean record. But 
pound for pound fighter is not a, a, a direct characterization of your morals and your belief systems. It's how well you're knocking people the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? And when you're going for the pound for pound top fighter, I think that you got to put John Jones or like my brother said, even Anderson Silva, somebody who held down that division for so long and has went into multiple weight classes and had, you know, uh, had success. I think that if John Jones really wants to, you know, get that pound for pound spot back, I think that him moving up to the heavyweight position and trying to find uh, success in a different weight class, it can definitely help him to get that that um, pound for pound best fighter back because. You know, not for nothing, Khabib has been undefeated. And, you know, some people might say, well, oh, he hasn't had the best competition fighting against him. But that's because of just how great this guy is, man. I mean, when you watch his fights, I mean, the guy has not lost a round. How can you not say that Khabib is one of the best ever? And, yes, he might, he probably is the top three in that category. But, you know, I have to side with the numbers and... You know, John Jones may not have the the best, you know, character, or he may not have the most stellar um, morals or or anything like that, or hasn't exactly represented himself. But you know, I definitely would put John Jones still up there as the top pound for pound fighter. I mean, fifteen to four. I mean, you you can do the math. I mean, we both grew up in the the uh, you know you know in the era where everything is just so numbers based. So you know, for me. I got to go with John Jones. You know, I think that Khabib is definitely, if not John Jones, it is Khabib or Anderson Silver there. And like my boy Carl said, too, you have Adesanya, who's moving himself up in the pound-for-pound rankings. But kind of similar to Khabib, I just feel like Adesanya, I mean, is kind of also overshadowed because he's been really, you know, dismembering these guys and, and, and not even making them real fights. I mean, how many people can make Yoel Romero run around the ring because he's scared of them, right? So you got to put Adesanya up there, too. I think if he continues to make a couple more title defenses himself, then you got to put him up there as well, too. I mean, he's been, you know, professionally fighting for a long time, and he's a well-renowned uh, kickboxer. So, you know, the pound-for-pound pound rankings is always going to be discretionary, and it's going to be what is what you define as a best pound-for-pound pound fighter. So, you know, for me, it's numbers, and I got to go with John Jones. So I'll go John Jones, and then I'll put, you know, my boy Khabib second. But it's close because Khabib is, you know, I mean, the way he just tires and drains the energy out of these people and just really doesn't even make fights competitive. I mean, you got to put him up there, man, and you got to give him his props. Um, but also, if you if you didn't know, the big, big thing that we have going on this weekend is the Gervonta Tank Davis fight against Leo Santa Cruz. Oh, my goodness. I mean, for, for boxing fans out there, I mean, we, we're, we're getting treated like royalty here, right? We get Lomachenko versus uh, Tiafoma Lopez, and now we get Tank Davis fighting pretty much the next week against, uh, you know, Leo Santa Cruz. And I think the main thing that we have to really look at with this is that Leo Santa Cruz has only just one loss. And this will be his, I think, was his 40th professional fight. And you have Javante Tank Davis, who's been undefeated. I mean, these are the type of fights that boxing needs to try and get that notoriety back. We talked last week about how, you know, uh, Tiafoma Lopez was saying about how the best fighters need to fight the best fighters, right? And here we are starting to see that. And maybe if we see that, you know, Javante Davis and, you know, Leo Santa Cruz, it goes well. Maybe that can kind of push for the Errol Spence, Terrell, Terrence Crawford fight, maybe. Maybe this can put the idea in these fighters that's saying, hey, I'm the best. I want to fight against the best. I want to create my legacy like Khabib did. You know, maybe not in that direct correlation, but Khabib was never afraid to fight the best guys. And I feel like in boxing, this is what we need to try and bring that notoriety back up. I mean, if you have a Lomachenko fight, like I said, which wasn't on pay-per-view, it was on free, right? It was on ESPN. You got to take advantage of that. And even though this fight is on pay-per-view, I definitely, definitely think this is one fight that everybody's going to have to check out because it, it it's it's almost that, that representation of new school boxing. This is the new school type of boxing, and especially for people that are trying to get into it, this is the fight that you're going to want to see. And if you're going to ask me, I got to put my money on Tank, baby. That dude hits so hard, bro. Let me tell you. 
Um, before I get into the next segment, though, we have a question from my boy Angel here, and he said, yo, Barry, how do you feel about the Knicks picking up CP3? And I'm going to tell you the same thing in the same, you know, around the same realm as far as, you know, when people ask me about whether I feel like they should get Russell Westbrook as well, too. You know, both of them are high-profile point guards. Um, CP3, even though, you know, he is at the, I guess you could say, the latter stages of his career, I mean, he's still just as effective, right? And I think that, you know, in perspective, right, in perspective, CP3 could help out the Knicks, right? If we're looking for him to, you know, go out here and score 25, 20 points and do exactly what he did, you know, towards the end on OKC, you know, I just don't know if that's possible, you know. And, you know, with older people like that, it's hard to try and, excuse me, it's it's hard to fit them into your future. I mean, if we take up CP3, do we really believe the CP3 can stay at a high level for five more years? Right. Because that's probably he's as somebody who's an older guy, he's probably not going to want to sign for a one year deal. He's going to want that extension or he's going to want that longevity to protect himself. And I just don't feel comfortable as a, a franchise that's trying to go in the right direction and trying to build around the young talent without, you know, putting themselves in debt. I just don't see that CP3 and Russell Westbrook, you know, fit into that equation of trying to get us to that next level. I mean, would it be nice to have? Of course. Don't get me wrong. But as far as, you know, us building for the future and trying to put around a winning team for not just one year, all right? I want to be a fan of the, of the Knicks and, and actually be able to watch these games, you know, for years and years to come. Even though they suck, I'm still going to watch. But we got to put out a better product that will put belief system back in our Knicks fan base. And, you know, I just don't believe that CP3 nor Russell Westbrook can do that. Let's get Cohen to buy the Knicks. <laughs> um. We do actually do have the Nets who, um, how could I say, they've made kind of big news. Oh, we got Timmy Hugo. He said, where's that hoodie at? It's right here, baby. Shout out to my boy Timmy Hugo over at Ink Parlor who helped put this together, man. The OG6 looks so fresh, brother. But um, we have the Nets who have kind of made the news because of not just signing Steve Nash as their, their head coach, but they have signed Mike D'Antoni and uh, Amari Stoudemire to be assistant coaches for them. And, you know, I think that this hire is, you know, it's for the glam. I just don't really see that this is – and this is the, the the problem that I had with this from the beginning because, you know, if, if you're uh, the Brooklyn Nets – who's kind of like on a similar uh, – I wouldn't say they parallel the Knicks because they did make the playoffs the past couple years, but they're kind of along that same path where they're trying to transition to being a force in the East, and they're trying to make themselves you know, com you know uh, formidable opponents, right? People that, that truly believe them as contenders. And if you're trying to do that, how can you believe that a first-year coach is going to do that, right? And – I think that this Dan Tony signing is kind of like Jeffrey said, it's that backup or it's that security for them to say, hey, here we have a guy who has coached at the highest level before. And if anything goes awry, you know, we have him as the backup. He can be able to kind of show Steve Nash the way, show him how to do things as the head coach. But I just, like I said, I just don't know that either that whole entire, you know, system I just don't know if it's going to, to to work or not. I mean, you know how Mike D'Antoni had problems with Carmelo Anthony in the past, had problems with um, some of the Knicks players when he was on the Knicks, um, you know, and dealing with high personalities such as Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, who already said that they don't want to be coached, right? But what they forget is they're not the only t people that play on the Brooklyn Nets. There's going to be other people that are playing in those Basquiat jerseys, right? And... I just don't believe that Steve Nash with a combination of Mike D'Antoni who made this whole uh, uh, under eight seconds fast. Was it the, uh, the the offense that they had? It was supposed to be under eight seconds or less back in the Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire era. And you just got to wonder, are they going to try and do those same things here in Brooklyn? And I just don't know if, if the, if, if that time is right here in Brooklyn, and also the game has changed, right? 
Um, I just don't know if that suits, and we've seen that it didn't work in Houston. So what makes you think it's going to work on the East Coast in Brooklyn, right? Shout out to my boy Kevin Rosa, who's got a big-time birthday here on Facebook. Shout out to Kevin Rosa. I love Boza, man. Um, he's, he's such a cool dude, and I have so much fun playing with on Warzone. We got a big-time dub on the last uh, nighttime mode, which was really awesome. And I think that's a perfect segue because uh, one of the things that we have seen, and we were actually mid-game here with Call of Duty at Warzone, and then I, I remember it got cutting off because there was an update, and we're like, well, what the hell is this update? Like, we're trying to play. And I remember they had taken quads off to put in a, a just, it's, I think it's called Monster Quads we were playing for the, couple, the last couple of days, and literally it was the same entire map on Call of Duty but just at nighttime. And let me tell you guys, as a, as a firm Call of Duty player, you know, somebody that has 134 wins, you know, it was very, very difficult to make that adjustment to nighttime Call of Duty. I actually had to pull out a thermoscope, which was something I've never used ever before, right? And I was able to have success. Well, we were able to get, I think, four or five wins on the nighttime mode. But as somebody who's going to try and review that mode, I'm going to have to say, like, it definitely made me, I feel like, a better shooter because when it came back to the daytime, I was putting up nine and ten pieces like it was nothing, right? But, you know, I have a couple of my friends who haven't been a fan of that nighttime mode, but, you know, it's just something that you're going to have to get, you know, try for yourself if you're a Warzone player out there. I personally wasn't a fan of it. I couldn't wait until they took it off. We, You know, we were going back to shooting in the daytime, so that was good, but you're definitely going to want to check it out. Um, I know the uh, Halloween whatever theme for Call of Duty is going to be going for the next couple days. I think it's like four or five days left. So definitely give yourself a chance to try out that night mode. Pull out that thermoscope and see how it works for you. Shout out to my boy, Kofense Bud, who uh, he was talking on my stream earlier, and he was talking about just how close we are to being Twitch affiliates. He's a Twitch affiliate, and I'm very close too. Um, but... You know, one of the things that I've really enjoyed is building this Twitch community. And um, we have a lot of people that are, um, you know, requesting the, the merch from Bazooka Barry Gaming. So that's going to be on the horizon, too. So, you know, there's great things. And, 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 you know, video games is definitely one of the things that I've really enjoyed, you know, over the years. And I've always been a gamer going back to the PlayStation, going back to the Sega Genesis. And, you, and it's never... You know, it never ceases to amaze me just how far we've come as a gaming community and just how better the quality games are. I remember I told everyone out there, shout out to Naya, she said, I hate the scare boxes. Yeah, for those people out there that don't know, when you're looting the game in Call of Duty, uh, a lot of times you loot boxes to try and get guns, get ammo, that and such. And what they did for the Call of Duty is they put scare boxes in there where right out of nowhere, like as you open it, you'll, the, uh, some like ghost or something will cop up and it'll go Ooh, like this on you. And when you're playing at nighttime, when you're half asleep trying to, you know, make it in the circle, that's the worst thing that you want to see is a scare box. So I'm with you, Naya. I'm not a part of that as well, so I don't like them either. Right. But um, one of the things I definitely wanted to talk about, and I know Angel, I want to see what he has to say about this. But, you know, I definitely got a chance to see some of the new next gen 2K21 footage. And boy, am I impressed with the visuals, man. I can't wait to play this game on PS5 or Xbox X series. I'll probably get it for X series. But, um, man, the visuals in that game are tough. And I think that, you know, as we are switching and as we're going on in, in, in these years and as we're going to 2021, what we now see is that, you know, 2K has upgraded their package and now we have a WNBA My Player, right? So you now can finally play as a female player and take her in the WNBA circuit. Naya said, I'm ready for it. My boy Ishabai Crane said he might have to make Laquisha Treadwell, man. I mean, as somebody who loves My Player, I may be tempted to make a female character because, you know, the whole overall game between girls basketball and men's basketball, even though it's the same game, it's definitely a different game. And I'm just really interested to see how 2K is going to be able to translate that to the consoles and really make that accessible for everyone. And I think this is big for the WNBA because hopefully it can get some notoriety to that league and try and get more people to watch out there. I tell you what, I got a big crusher on that girl Tia Cooper on uh, LA Sparks. So if she ever sees this, come holla at me, girl. 
<laughs> but uh, nah, let me tell you, that 2K21 is going to be really, really dope. And I think it's going to be really big for the WNBA, the fact that they're highlighting these women. And hopefully we'll start to see even maybe with FIFA. Maybe we can see FIFA have a, a, a female uh, my player. My boy Jeff said, no dunking, please, unless you're uh, Brittany Griner, right? But, um, you know, real quick. Definitely have a couple more topics for you guys before I get into this beer review. But as you guys all know, I'm a huge, huge fitted connoisseur. And we had some really great releases uh, over the past couple days. And I really want to share them with you here. So real quick, let me go get these hats real quick. But real quick, I, I was able to get some real good, uh, good purchases and... I'll tell you this, a lot of times, and some of my friends, they're really big with this, right? Um, Hat Club has some really dope exclusives, all right? They got some really dope stuff, but I feel like a lot of times, some people get a little bit caught in the hype, and they're afraid to venture to other places to see if you can get some other dope hats. And mind you, I love Hat Club. I'm one of the biggest supporters of Hat Club, but there are other great places that you can get some hats from man and you know let me tell you new era actually just released some really dope hats and i was able to get a couple from the exclusives sold out in less than 10 minutes but you know i want to kind of get you guys uh take on and see if you guys like it so if anybody's tuned in we're gonna play hot or not again if you think the hot the hat is hot put it put it in hot all right say that it's hot if you think it's not give it the thumbs down and let me know what you think this one right here is one of my favorites. I mean, this was came out for the Halloween edition. This is a Mets New Era exclusive with the orange bottom, man. Let me tell you, it's so hot. I might have to put it on right now, man. I, I tell you, this is this has been one of my new favorite hats, man. And you know, to to be festive and to get here in the mode and to have New Era, who's also getting along with the the different color underbrims as well, too. You know, I think they're putting out some really dope stuff, man. So this is one of my favorite new hats that I got right now. Um, it's the Mets Halloween edition, uh, New Era exclusive. So you know. Hopefully, if you got a chance to, I'm glad you, you did get that. If not, you got to stay tuned and see, you know, what releases are coming out so that you can be able to cop. This next one that I got is another new Mets hat. It looks like almost like a comic book cloud here. And we have it with the icy gray underbrim, very nice gray underbrim. And it says Mets on the back. All right. So we got them saying it says Mets on the back. And then also on the side, which is one of my favorite parts of this, it says approved by the New York Mets, right? So a lot of times you think like, you know, are these hats like, are these really dope? Like, are, you know, they really going hand in hand with, you know, the teams that are making it. So, you know, this is one of my favorite hats as well, too, that I just got from the Mets collection. Came from New Era, got the icy gray brim. Whew, I don't know which one I like better. Now, another one that I was able to get, and this is one that I'm going to tell you. I am a huge fan of minor league teams. And me and my boy Lou were talking about this, and we were saying about how the creativity with minor league teams is so awesome. You get so much dope stuff that are coming out because they have the freedom to do so, right? And we saw that the Lakewood Blue Claws have changed their name to the Jersey Shore Blue Claws. That's the Phillies affiliate. So I was able to get one of the last Lakewood Blue Claws hats from their actual store and this is the Lakewood Blue Claws hat official before they changed their name to the Jersey Shore Blue Claws. It does have a black undergrim. They call them the Black Nasties. But, you know, all brims matter, okay? Don't just like pink brims. Don't just like blue brims. Like what you like, all right? And I tell you what, this hat right here is one of I, I like this, man. It's got the jersey symbol. You know I'm a big jersey guy. So, you know, I'm definitely a fan of that one. But as you all know... I do love Hat Club. Shout out to Hat Club. You know, they actually had a really, uh, they gave all insider access today for people on the wine collection. So me, Pete, Theo, I think we were able to, to secure that. Um, so big shout out to Hat Club because they are putting out some dope stuff. But one of the things that I've been critical on Hat Club about has been, you know, we haven't really seen too much creativity or too much of the, the different colored brims with our minor leagues, right? And, you know, I was really happy with the release that they put out a couple, maybe I think it was like last week 
where they added some patches and some uh, colored brims to some really dope minor league hats. So this one right here is actually called the Masula Paddleheads. All right. It's, yo, this one is sick. And it has the pink underbrim. I'm telling you, this is this this one was something I was when I saw that when it dropped and, and when they were able to put the minor league on there for us and give us a pink brim, I was like, man, I gotta get this one, man. So you know, I I really really do like this hat. I I really like what Hat Club has done in, in trying to highlight the minor league teams and give them a little bit of flair too. I mean, the pink brim is tough, man. And we've seen other places try and replicate the pink brim, but to get that from Hat Club, man, whoo! Let me tell you, uh, Naya said, did you like the strawberry lemonade hats? Yo, I I think they're actually called the pink lemonades, Naya, but I did pre-order my pink lemonade hat. I believe they said that is going to be shipped out in January, so that's going to be coming out pretty soon. And for people that don't know, the pink lemonade was the yellow hat, uh, white uh, logo or a pink logo, depending on the team, with the pink underbrim. And I definitely had to get that one, Nye. That was one that I had to secure. But this hat right here, I'm telling you, this is the my favorite one out of all the ones that we just uh, that I just picked up in the drops. This is the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp with the pink underbrim. All right, this is a minor league team. You know, it has our our hat club thing. But this is my favorite part here. It has the Southern League patch, all right? We haven't really seen too many minor league teams with patches. So to have them on this with the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp and a pink brim, that was an absolute no-brainer for me. I had to scoop that one. So, you know, I'm, I'm really happy in the direction the hat club is going. Um, the hat, you know, especially with the hat community, you know, I, I've started my own page with Catmaster B, and to see that grow and to see people's different people's collections and, you know, just how much worth these hats really have from being sold out in less than three or four minutes, um, it's, been a, it's been a dope ride, man. And I just remember the first hat that I got, you know, back in 2007, man. That's a long time, back when we used to go to Lids for hats. And to see the game change to where now hat releases are just like sneaker releases, I'm just ha happy to be a part of the culture, man. So I'm just really happy about that. And then finally, before we go, I have one real message to give to you guys out there, too, before we get into our beer review. But I have here my card that says, thank you for voting, all right? I had a conversation with my boy, uh, what's his name, Dr. Glex, and, you know, we really had uh, we were going back and forth and he's telling me it doesn't matter if I don't vote. I don't like these guys. I'm not going to vote. And let me tell you this. As an American citizen, it is your right to go and vote. Everyone needs to exercise that right, because let me tell you, and I had a problem with this before, because, you know, one of the people that I was with back in the day. You know, they, they, they were adamant as well, too, about not voting. And let me tell you, when you do not vote, you add more power and more value to the next person that did vote. So now that vote that they had that may not even be what you like, right, that vote is now heightened because you didn't give yourself a platform. That's like me coming here, um, having this show, and just not utilizing it, right? That's something that you got to stay away from. And, you know, if it means you got to go in the polls and go put in your uh, your vote, uh, you got to go do that because it is your American birthright. And that's something that is very necessary as far as shaping the futures of what we live in. You know, you have so many people that are critical of people, uh, uh, critical of politics and critical of things in a way that are not going their way. But yet those are the same people that don't go out and vote. You have to dictate your future, right? You have to be able to find things and fully take research, right? Don't just check something off just because you, you know, you you don't like something, right? Put in the research, see what you feel, see the type of direction that you would like this country to go in, and then just put that vote in, man. I'll tell you right now, I'm glad that I did. So regardless of what happens, I can at least say that hey, I tried my best and put my God-given right up to make sure that this place is going in the way that I would like it to go. So my parting message, like my boy Carl said, please make sure you go out and vote. I did. I think you need to, too. It's something that's very, very, very important. All right. And in closing, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Talk That Talk show. 
Um, I love, love coming out here each and every week. And I love delivering you guys a quality show. I mean, if it wasn't for this show, man, I don't know what where I'd be at right now. I, I, this, this show has given me hope. And each and every one of you that keeps coming in each and every week and you give me your time and you believe in me, you know, it just further breathes life into my body. And like I said, it, it just it just validates all the reasons why I try to put together a nice show for you guys and try to put together merchandise so that you can feel comfortable in and that you can, you know, feel a part of this, man. This is more than just a podcast, man. This is a lifestyle. This is a culture. You know, this is people that believe in that blue-collar work ethic that my boy Jose showed on our Instagram, right? You know, people that believe in working hard, people that dream big, and people that aren't afraid to, to do the necessary things to make those dreams a reality. That's what this whole Talk That Talk show is about, you know? Um, this personifies that blue-collar work ethic, man, like we talked about before. So, you know, I want to thank everybody that, that helps to make this vision a reality, right? And somebody that is a part of that is VW Liquors. And we have such a great partnership to where we're able to, you know, put together discounts for everybody else that comes in to go, you know, shop for some beer. And, and I can give you guys some quality beer reviews so you can check it out and maybe try them yourself. So I'm a man of the people, and this show is for the people, all right? And for the people I have for you today, we have a nice beer here, and it's called the Bull Liner uh, Vice Charged, all right? And like I said, we have a couple check marks for good beer to see if it's something that we like. And off the rip, look at the color in this beer, man. Look at the body. I know before we talked about fruitier beers and they have a little bit more of a color. Shout out to, uh, you know, the nice Talk That Talk Show mug that we have here as well, too. But, you know, this beer has a Berliner-style Weiss Ale. So it's a nice ale. It's, gonna, it's not going to hit you as hard, but it's still going to be light enough to where you feel it, right? And then we have the Berliner-style Weiss Ale with strawberry and guava. I mean, when you put strawberry and guava together, that is a great, great combination. My boy Mark says that it looks like candy corn. Let me tell you guys, this is going to be a beer that you're going to want to check out and try and see if you can get in your beer stores, all right? So if you have your beer, if you have your drink, if you have your liquor, whatever you feel comfortable with, please put your drink up. And hey, let's have a drink together on Friday night. Cheers, guys. Nice, nice. Guys, strawberry and guava, I mean, whew, I'm going to have a hard time not drinking all of these tonight, let me tell you, because, you know, the strawberry and the guava, they complement each other so well. And they're definitely distinguishable tastes, right? I can definitely taste the strawberry in this, but at the same time, I get that guava on the aftertaste, right? So I have to say... I got to give this a 10 out of 10, man. Um, we've had a little bit stronger beers the last couple weeks. So this one is, is definitely a little bit more refreshing of a beer than uh, the last ones that we reviewed. So, again, might have to take another sip. Here we go. I told you, I was not lying, guys. I chugged this whole beer because that is how good this beer is, man. Woo! Please, if you get a chance, check out the Bullliner Vice Charged Beer, all right? It's a really good beer. It's going to be something that you're going to like, all right? But thank you all so much for tuning into this show. If you get a chance, we only have extra larges, mediums left. In the OG6, we have sold over $700 worth of hoodies in two hours, guys. We are we are almost sold out, man. Oh, my gosh. The support that you guys give me on each one of these releases, oh, it just means the world to me, guys. I mean, how, how, can I, how can I not be humbled? How can I not leave here with a full heart? How can I not leave here with a full soul and a, and a, and a, a great positive mind 
because of all the things that you guys continue to do for me, man. And you continue to come in and tune into the show. You continue to support the merch. And you continue to 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 rep the merch proudly, man. I mean, I don't want to. Not just anybody can get a shirt. You can't just get an OG four. You can't just get an OG one, right? Select people and people that are loyal to this show are the ones that have access to these shirts and these releases, man. And you know the fact that you know people consistently come and we're putting together great things, man. I mean, oh man. I'm just so humbled, man, and I stand before you today, guys, as just just a full heart, man. So thank you to everybody that continues to tune into this show. Thank you to everyone that supports me. Thank you for believing in me, guys. You know, thank you for believing in this vision because I'm not going to let you down. This is a show that you can believe on each and every week, and it's something that you can count on that you can get, right? So... Thank you, as always, to VW Liquors, located in Wick Plaza, Edison, New Jersey. Let's go, Mets! Let's go, Mets! We always do that for Dave at the end of the show. We love Dave. We love Caroline. We love Neva, uh, Gabe Azzarello, Tim, uh, all the people over there at VW Liquors. Crystal Dice, love them so much. Got to give a shout-out to my boy Savion Gaynor over at Skydye Socks. He's killing it in the sock game, man. Please hit him up. Get yourself some socks, man, for show, for show, all right? Also want to give a shout-out to Ink Parlor. My boy Tim Hugel hooked me up with the dope OG Sixes. I got myself a hoodie. I got my own hoodie. Shout-out to Ink Parlor for that, man. I got my own hoodie, and we're already sold out almost in the first day. Come on, son. If you don't believe in that, if you don't believe in me, Come on, bro. The numbers don't lie. Woo! Thank you, Ink Parlor, for putting that vision into fruition. Ooh, we got we to gotta write that down. Vision right. into fruition. <laughs> also, we got to give a big shout out to Air We Are. Um, anybody that needs their air conditioning needs, please hook them up over at Air We Are. Also, want to give a shout out to Fifth, was it 13 and a half clothing company? Um, 12, 12 jurors, one judge. Half a chance, man. That's a powerful message, and that's what 13 and a Half Clothing Company, they just got themselves a new logo. Um, my boy Angelo's doing really big things over there, so please check them out. Also want to give a big shout-out to 91s.com. They got the best acid wash apparel in the game. My boy Cody Bromley, always doing big things, man. And then finally, shout-out to my girl Maria and Joe Snow over there trying to give people their financial freedom that they're looking for. These guys are working hard. They have, you know, the knowledge and the capabilities to help you get to where you want to go financially. So please hit them up. See if you can get yourself a quote and, and get that financial freedom that you're looking for. So, you know, thank you so much to everybody that continues to tune into the show each and every week. Um, you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you all out there, man. Um, Another great episode in the books. I'm going to go get this edited out. Um, keep researching and keep trying to do things to make this show pop and, and give you guys what you want to hear because this show is for the people. I truly believe that. And, you know, like I said, in party, the only words of advice I can say to you this week is I'll bring it back to one little story. I promise it's my last thing and then I'm going to be off here. But, you know, last week... Me and my brother, we had three or four straight weeks where we won in bowling, right? We were killing it. And last week, uh, we wound up getting our first loss, and we got swept. And I told you guys before, getting swept is the worst feeling. It's like, you know, just getting, getting, just getting dirt rubbed on your face or something like that, man. It's an awful feeling. And, you know, I, we got smoked. There's, there's, no, there's no question if ands, buts about it. We got smoked. But, you know, afterwards, the guy came up to me and he's like, hey, Barry, you know, do you mind if I give you some advice? And this is a guy who I have no rapport with. You know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big, I was like, you know, whatever, dude. He, he seems so intent on giving me this advice. And he's like, you know what? You just seem like you're throwing it like an egg, man. You know, you're not throwing it hard, you know. And what people don't understand is, you know, your game is specific to your game, right? What someone else might do might not work for me. And after this guy had just smoked us, right, you know, my brother said he meant well, and I understand that, but there's also a time and place for everything, and there's also a certain energy that comes with 
the type of advice some people might give. And if this was so moved by him, if he felt so moved that he had to give me this advice, why didn't he give me this advice in the first frame? Why didn't he give it to me in the second game? He waited till after we got smoked to give me this advice after I had a better score than him in the third game. So generally speaking, if somebody's going to give me advice, I tell you what, if Dennis Ward gives me advice, I'll listen to it. If Kevin Harrity gives me advice, I'll listen to it. If Ed Bolkovich gives me advice, I'll listen to it. These guys are 220 bowlers, 230 bowlers up. You got some guy underneath 200 trying to give me advice when I've made thousands of dollars with this right arm. It, it just felt so crazy to me, you know? And I know he might not have come from the right place or whatever, but there's some certain way that I took it as like, you know, I thought that, you know, the energy just wasn't there, right? And I just felt as though, like, he was almost like kicking someone when they're down. But little does he know that he just woke up the beast, man. For the first time this season, after that, I went and I went to practice, man. And I tell you what, the next time he sees me, I'm going to have some advice with him. Don't play with me and pup up, all right? That's what I got to say in closing. Don't tug on Superman's cape. Pup up and buck up, all right? I love you all. This is the Talk That Talk Show. Don't kick someone when they're down because when they stand up, they're going to come back up fighting, man. I promise you. I can't wait to get that little Rocco Martin life-looking dude, man. We're going to beat him, man. I promise you that. And you know what? I'll have some advice for him. Pop up. All right? I love you all. i see you guys next week. See you on the 78th episode is next week. Try and get these OG6s while you can, because they're going closed. See you later.